Hi folks, welcome back to the RLS podcast. We are on episode 40, the end of series three, um, and we're back with a regular guest. We're back with Julia Shaw, here to speak about all things menstrual cycle, hormones, contraception, um, but we're going to dive into a, a slightly different topic than we've spoken about the first two times. I'm really interested to, to gain a little bit more knowledge myself and to hopefully pass some on to you guys that are listening. How are you doing, Julia? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me back. I think it's our third time on here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm doing well. You must be doing well to be invited back. To I know. <laughs> like, what else can we speak about? I must um, say as well, can I add this just at the start here? My most listened to podcast times two, the first two of them, by a long shot. So this yeah. is quite clearly a subject that was needing to get out there. Good, I'm really happy about that. I'm really, really pleased. Um, and it's good that people are taking an interest. I think everyone kind of has that interest, but because nobody speaks about it, you don't really realise you've got that interest until you're like, oh, wait a minute. I've never heard anything about this, but it makes so much sense. So, no, I'm really glad people are people are listening. It's exciting. Cool. So what are we going to dive into today? What's the what's going to be the kind of the base of the conversation? So I think we've kind of, the last kind of times we've spoken all about like hormone balance and how you're, um, how to work with your menstrual cycle. But for a lot of women, they don't actually have fully like their hormones aren't doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing or they do suffer with PMS or they do have um, problems with their with their period and their cycle and I think we could maybe dive into things that women can do in their day in their life to help promote their their hormone balance and to make like support their bodies through through that um, and there's a lot of things women can do day to day and it's stuff that we've probably heard before but I think just having making it easy for them um, and including things that can that can probably make a difference. There is a lot of obviously reproductive conditions, and um, what I say today won't be the cure, but it won't do harm. It will only do good. So it will add to um, getting somebody's cycle back up and running and um, having a nice healthy period. Cool. No, that sounds good. Um, that's something I continuously want to know a little bit more about. It's it is, it is quite a minefield. There is a lot of information out there, and you'll maybe hear it from the doctor and then there'll be a different opinion from someone online and then maybe a private practitioner will have a different opinion. So it's, it's like, who do you listen to? But as you said, the last couple of times it is it's almost like you need to kind of go in there, interpret the information yourself and hopefully get some good advice somewhere and then apply that to your own very, very individual situation. So it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. It's all you can do. Even for me, like it is a total minefield. And I think you kind of learn to, where the reliable sources are and when you it just takes time it just takes time and you kind of filter out um all the nonsense and when you read things you're like wait a minute I actually know that can't be true so it does take time but yeah once you when you kind of get a, a few reliable sources and you start to get the information in it does it is literally just about applying it to you and making as much sense of it as you can and it's it changes all the time so it's it is quite difficult but even just having that little bit of self-awareness and even just tracking your own cycle and seeing um some similarities to what would make sense it does make a massive difference cool so if we're talking about like hormone balance do conditions where like you basically talked about pms and stuff like that do these conditions are these mostly like hereditary are they like onset by some sort of event or some sort of kind of lifestyle habit um, or a combination? 
do you know what it could be a combination I think there is some conditions that are do have a hereditary aspect to them but things like PMS and like cramping heavy periods all these things a lot of the time are like environmental so they are affected by our diet by our lifestyle and by our like daily routines things we're exposed to and these are things you can't always avoid a lot of them you can't but you can do your best um and a lot of the time these are the reasons that our hormones are um getting affected our our bodies are set up not to kind of not for today's day and age if that makes sense so it's not used to being under this much stress it's not unused to all the rubbish like foods we can eat like all the processed um toxins all these things that are coming in our bodies aren't set up for that so our hormones that should be doing what they're doing but they're they're always kind of getting disrupted so it's our job to kind of take control of things we can control and just kind of give our bodies the best chance in kind of today's society to to work like efficiently mm-hmm. what are some of the things that we should be looking out for in terms of to start off in environment well environment okay we'll start with that one um so for women it's it's we'll make it nice and easy so one of the main few of the main areas that i would think to look at for especially for women are straight away like your tampons and things like things you use if like when you have your period and there's a lot of natural kind of alternatives so tampons contain like conventional tampons you can buy in the shop they can contain toxins and they contain chemicals and um, sometimes bleach as well uh, to make them that nice white color which people don't always even consider and when you put them inside you that there is an absorbable tissue in there so you can absorb these chemicals and so switching to things like uh like menstrual cups a lot of people use menstrual cups and um you get period pads that are literally just like pants you wear that you don't have to change um and what's the other one probably one I actually use myself god I'm totally out of my head organic tampons oh my god Julia uh yeah so switching to organic you can't actually buy them locally now I've seen them in the shops I use them myself so um switching to something a little bit more natural in that aspect could make a massive difference and looking at things like your things you use day-to-day like plastic Tupperware a lot of time we're putting like meal prep into plastic tubs and we're putting uh, drinking out plastic coffee cups and all these things kind of especially plastic tubs release things called BPA now nowadays BPA is taken out of it and you'll see on the labels like does not contain BPA but these BPAs are sometimes switched in for other chemicals that there's not really any research on whether they actually do affect your hormones or not so switch into like your um, glass Tupperware and if you're drinking out of plastic like rather stainless steel or glass coffee cups glass bottles taking away the plastic as much as you can especially when you're heating it you want to stop heating plastic so putting tupperware into the microwave to heat your meal put it into a dish first and then heat up and it's little switches like that and same with like the utensils you use in the house switch into kind of bamboo utensils or um like stainless steel rather than uh, the oh god i can't remember what it's called it's like the plasticky stuff but you know what i mean no that's Switching your, switching your utensils in the kitchen can make a difference as well. Um, looking at like your skincare. So this is a big one because our skin is very highly absorbable. So when we're putting up like in the morning, you get up and you've got like your moisturizer, you're using body wash, you're using shampoo and conditioner, and then you're putting perfume on and then you've got like all your makeup on top of that. And these are all chemicals that you're absorbing at your skin. So another area that you can look to, to kind of switch is looking for more natural products. So look at the companies that create products using natural ingredients 
Um, I personally love trying to find Scottish companies. There's a few that I, I really enjoy and like your deodorants as well. That's a big one because um, it's an aerosol. It's spraying literally spraying chemicals on air and air armpit, which is, again, a really highly absorbable area. So um, these kind of areas, it's really simple switches. I'm not saying go into your bathroom and upheaval all everything out and make everything natural, but picking a couple of items and just looking for a more natural natural alternative and would be a good start even just like your body wash or your moisturizer and makeup's kind of a hard one I don't really personally wear a lot of makeup so um what I do have is not it's not natural but if you are somebody that uses a lot of makeup products even just switching a couple of your items out for something a bit more a bit more natural and there's a really good company that do a really good natural deodorant called wild um, I've probably posted about them before, but yeah, they're fantastic. So if anyone's looking for a natural deodorant, I definitely recommend that. Um, but yeah, just having a having a look around and seeing there's actually a good app you can use called Think Dirty. And it has like a I think it's an American app, so not everything's on it, but you can go on your base your bathroom covered and scan barcodes and it comes up with the um the product and it tells you how safe it is to use. Um, and kind of it's like green to red like what's 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 in it and the chemicals that are used and how harmful they could be to you so it is a really really good app I've, I've used it a couple of times with things but like I say it's not it's not got everything but um one of the words to kind of look for that I tell everyone is paraben so parabens are kind of the top because they're on the top of the naughty list when it comes to skincare um so any word that ends in paraben you kind of want to look out for and avoid as best you can even looking at like your cleaning products you use in the house and they also when you think about it you're spraying these aerosols or you're cleaning um the surfaces and you've got all these chemicals and you're gonna um inhale them and they're still another way to get into your system not that as soon as you breathe in they're gonna completely toxic like be toxic to you but it's a toxic load it's over like not just your environment but as we'll speak about a little bit further but all that coming at your system at one time will start to overload your system. And um, so reducing it where you can, using more natural ingredients and using more natural products, um, especially for your environments, probably um, those areas that I've mentioned are some nice, easy ones. Just looking at like your tubs, your, the products you're using on your skin, um, like tampons, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think with obviously this stuff, it's going to be like the accumulation of like all these different um, all these different substances over a long <laughs> over a long period of time. Yeah. But I mean, I know it would be very hard for someone to actually decipher between okay, this is causing me harm or it's not causing me harm. But say, for example, over a long period of time, what are some of the negative health effects that you could be seeing in, from these things? I know some of them will probably sound scary, and it's again, it's the dosage makes the poison. Yeah, like I'm. I wouldn't even want to batter, like say any out loud just because I'm like, I really don't know. But as far as your hormones go, you're kind of looking at these things can influence your estrogen buildup and they can alter your, like affect your progesterone. And um, when you have symptoms like PMS and they could be caused by, uh, um, what's the word you just used? Sorry, but accumulation, no. Accumulation, yeah. that's sort an accumulation of this and it's not just your environment that's going to cause it but it's it's an area you can look at to help reduce the, the load but as far as long-term health effects I honestly wouldn't want to say in case it could be totally wrong but you can imagine if you've got all these toxins like overwhelming your system it will have a negative effect it's got to like your body's not our livers are really good at like clearing out things and 
um, functioning well, but it's not set up for the amount that we like overload it with in this day and age. Um, considering looking at our diets and looking at our environment, and we're not set up for this. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of be considerate of that and do your bit uh, where yeah. you can. I actually listened to a podcast the other day. It was uh, I'm assuming you know who Liver King is. Like you've watched seen any of his content? Have you not? Have oh you my not? god! I'm gonna have to look. A- after this, you're gonna have to Google him because he's all over the internet just now. It's just a, basically a guy that walks around topless all the time, and he's like on about ancestral living and stuff like that. Okay, so he cool. actually talked talked about something kind of similar to what we're talking about right now, where he basically gets like a, a team of people to come into his his house like every I can't remember it was like every month or something like that, and they do like. A, they clear out like any sort of like chemicals they'll take away products that have got like i suppose they're too high in these these sort of yeah. things and like he'll do a deep clean because he thinks like his his, his is a bit more like elevate like his he's like i can't have this in my house can't have that got right. to sleep on a wooden plank and stuff like that like he's a bit right. mad. <laughs> but he was basically speaking about the exact same thing just on a very very high level um, yeah. and I'm, I'm assuming it's working for him, but it's just a funny there's, example. There's probably some truth to it. There will be, there absolutely is some truth to that. But yeah, it is, you've got to be realistic about what is manageable and what is excessive. Like you can't avoid these things. We are surrounded by them all the time, but you can control some of them and it's just taking control of the ones that you can control. Yeah. So in terms of like more nutritionally, is there is there anything that we should be looking out for um, with like hormone balance in relationships absolutely yeah 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 so there's loads of ways like i like food is like medicine for me i'm like that's the way i look at it and for when it comes to hormone balance you want to be making sure you're one eating enough and a lot of especially girls young girls it's a case that they're not eating anywhere near enough they're not balancing their meals and their hormones are affected by this and then this is why we see a massive um a lot of young girls having to go on the pill because heavy periods or their regular periods or they've got all these problems and they're really like struggling and like you're one your diet's no like it's pretty pretty shit to be honest so but they're never taught this so um looking at having regular meals really important um eating enough particularly like during your luteal phase when um carbs aren't really excess so making sure you're eating enough carbs during your luteal phase will make a difference um, including lots of leafy greens in your diet these are going to be really beneficial these actually contain a compound called dim so anyone that does suffer from um, any kind of pms symptom or any kind of um, symptom of hormone imbalance lots of leafy greens so things like your spinach your kale broccoli cabbage pak choy pak choy i think you make stir fries with so anything that's like leafy and green um the compound down basically helps break down estrogen and a lot of these symptoms that women experience is due to having a little bit too much estrogen in the system so too much estrogen does cause a little bit of havoc um because you know that like we spoke before that like your progesterone and your estrogen are kind of yin and yang and they work together so if you've got too much estrogen it's not that you maybe don't have enough progesterone but there's just not enough being made to counteract the amount of estrogen in your system so um plenty of leafy greens can help kind of calm up not that it's going to be the only thing that eat your leafy greens and your estrogen is going to go down but it will help toward that um foods that are high like an omega-3 omega-3 fatty acids really really good for hormones so and things like your oily fish chia seeds flax seeds walnuts foods like that so incorporating them into your meals and even just a couple of times a day and would make a difference foods also high in magnesium so magnesium 
magnesium and omega-3s when it comes to like PMS in particularly, really um, I'd recommend that. You can even supplement with it if you don't get enough of these foods in your diet. Um, magnesium in particular, there's been, there's been a lot of studies done on magnesium um, for PMS, for any kind of hormonal symptoms. Same with women, menopausal women, magnesium has been shown to be really beneficial in easing symptoms, particularly like hot flushes and night sweats and things like that. So uh, foods high magnesium, you're looking at things like your nuts, your seeds, dark chocolate, also a good one. So any women that are into their chocolate, switching to some dark chocolate might be a better uh, option. And like black beans, beans and legumes are really high in magnesium as well. So um, incorporating these foods regularly into your diet, um, I would definitely think would would be beneficial and uh, looking there's also i don't know if you've ever heard of the mediterranean diet yeah yeah you've heard of it so most people have heard of it but it's really it's basically just a diet high in lots of colorful fruit and vegetables you're looking at dietary fats your nuts your seeds and also like a good amount of protein coming from like, like good sources um, and for me i'm like that is like ideal diet but as far as hormone balance goes is been shown to be really uh, beneficial, especially for women that are um, looking into their fertility and um, increasing chances of fertility. The Mediterranean diet has been shown to be um, beneficial. So yeah, looking just variety. I would just say variety when it comes to your diet, making sure you're getting in plenty of protein, getting like whole grain carbohydrates, like things that are going to, um, foods with no labels. So I always hate people. I'm like, eat more foods with less labels. So whole foods, do you know what I mean? Get plenty yeah. of color in your diet. Um, looking at your omega things, so mm-hmm. getting some fat and um, good fats into your diet and um, foods high in magnesium as well. Zinc as well. Zinc's quite a good one when it comes to for comes to your hormones. So and again, nuts and seeds are, are a really good one for that. Um, and there's probably more vegetables, but I can't think off the top of my head. But yeah, mm-hmm. incorporating things we don't eat enough of pretty much. Yeah. Okay, not avoiding but reducing the amount of high protein pre- processed salty fatty foods takeaways like fried foods things that are really like high in these kind of fats that we really struggle to digest um would again be my recommendation not that i'm a nutritionist in the slightest but that's just what i've learned and that seems to be what what would work best and it makes sense it makes sense not nah, cool that's that totally sounds like that sounds all good um one thing that everyone's interested in is is supplements and is is there is there anything obviously if you're getting this all from your diet you may not even need to worry about supplements but you know there's a large population of people out there that are very they like to eat very much the same things every day and don't like deviating from that um yeah. what they're used to but is there any kind of sort of supplements you would recommend for anyone anything that's worth actually getting i can't really recommend supplements to be honest but i think we all love a magic pill and we all want to just take something to make everything better. And when it comes to your hormones, that's not really possible. Um, it really does need to be an accumulation of looking at different areas of your life and, and your lifestyle and kind of combating them. But as far as supplements go, looking at things like I would always go food first because like food is medicine. You can if you have a balanced diet and you already are incorporating all these foods and it's not about every day you need to get in loads of different nutrients, but just looking to get every week thinking right where can I get something I've not had in a while and like if I say to my clients like when you do your food shop I'm like add something to your basket you've not tried never tried before or not had in a while like just look for a little bit more variety um but again magnesium omega-3s there's a woman called oh god doctor Rhonda Patrick have you ever heard of her 
So she's been on Joe I've Rogan a couple of times. I've seen the yeah. name cited before, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's on Joe Rogan a couple of times, and I find her fascinating. She's so she's so clever, like she's so intelligent, and the research she does is really, really interesting. And she swears by omega threes for overall health, and she she insists that the, what we get even through our diet isn't enough, and we should be supplementing it anyway. So, although I get a lot of omega threes, it's something I do supplement regularly. So. Mm-hmm. It's something worth looking at. And I would look in your omega threes, magnesium, definitely vitamin D. It was one thing I will always um, push. I'm sure you're the same. Vitamin D is one of the most important ones. So even for in Scotland, coming now, it's kind of getting cooler again. I don't know if you're feeling it, but I'm definitely feeling it already. Um, it's getting a little bit cooler. So looking to start supplementing your vitamin D again, especially coming into winter, um, will make a difference. Um, what else? zinc again for hormone balance when it comes to especially women coming up hormonal contraceptives looking at things like your magnesium your zinc your omega-3s and probiotic for your gut health as well never to be neglected your gut health plays a massive part in your um in your whole body to be honest your mind your skin your um and your hormones so um looking at those those are the kind of main supplements you see i can you'll see a lot when it comes to hormones so I'm not saying that they're going to fix your problems but they are worth looking into if you do have any of these um like severe symptoms when it comes to your period and your hormones yeah I think kind of what we were touching on there like the gut health and digestion the microbiome is like something that's very much overlooked in fitness like we want to come into like say a coaching program or speak to your PT and it's like right first thing I'm thinking about is, is training and just nailing as much protein as I can when in reality like you might actually benefit first of all from just like getting a bit of diversity in your diet like it's just like if you keep chucking the same thing down there there's like there's not a lot going on I just imagine like start chucking loads of different people in there and I think someone I was on a call with used the analogy of like your guts like yeah like it has a bouncer like a bouncer at the door like and if the same person keeps coming and it's going to start rejecting people like I, yeah. I can't remember how he how he framed it, but he was just like yeah. he wants a diverse party, he wants people from all over the place coming in here yeah. and have a better party together. I think it's like like seventy percent of our immune systems in our gut, and your immune system is is pretty important. So if your gut health, if you're finding you're getting ill all the time and your immune system pretty shit, your gut health is the first place to look because that's where most of it is, and and that's where our nutrients are broken down, they're absorbed. So if there's any like if you're not able to absorb certain nutrients, that's where it's happening. And for a lot of time with hormone balance, some, some of the cause is nutrient deficiency. So it's when you're not getting enough of certain nutrients or you are deficient in some. So um, yeah, gut health, absolutely. So probi- I like, you don't need probiotics. If you've got a diverse diet, they are going to give you all these different nutrients um, in, your, in your gut. But um, for women, especially if you've ever been on antibiotics or anything, I definitely would would suggest a probiotic not that's why i would just i would do that myself so um i think it's just a bit a bit of common knowledge that, that needs to be had that um your gut health needs to be looked after mm-hmm. so the next point is that i don't have a point because the thing i had in front of me on the zoom has actually disappeared with the questions i was going to answer so okay. take the lead Juliet. you're next because <laughs> right. i've forgotten what it is <laughs> right okay um i think one of the main ones we need to look at and you'll see everywhere is stress stress because it plays a massive role in our hormones and our menstrual cycle um because it's you kind of you know yourself you've got this flight or flight response and then you've got your rest and digest you've got your sympathetic and your parasympathetic majority of the time we are in our sympathetic nervous system we are always busy we're on the go we're 
doing all these different things and our body doesn't get a chance to kind of to just kind of chill um, and it's that sympathetic nervous system always being activated that our body's always in a fight or flight response and when it's in that response it's always going to think it's running from a bear like our bodies don't know we're not in the savannas of africa anymore and we're not in danger all the time it doesn't know there's a tesco down the road and i can go and get food whenever i want so we are very much set up for survival in that environment so um when we are always in this kind of heightened like stress state um our body will make sacrifices of certain things to um keep systems that are going to keep us alive longer than the systems that won't and you being able to reproduce a baby and have a natural cycle is not something that's going to keep you alive any longer if anything it's going to slow you down because it's it's just wasted energy in terms of survival so um it's always something that suffers when we are overly stressed which makes sense and um, so when it comes to reducing or getting out of that sympathetic nervous system, things that are going to put you into it are things like skipping meals. So fasting, although a lot of women will do the um, skipping breakfast, so you've got more calories for the rest of the day. And that's fine for someone that works. But see, when you're looking at your hormones, when it comes to fat loss, this will work for some people. OK, but when it comes to your hormones, you want to be eating regularly and you want to be eating balanced meals. So not skipping meals, not having a coffee first thing instead of a meal. Um, trying to eat regularly throughout the day um, will kind of help get you into that parasympathetic, that'll stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system rather than your sympathetic. Um, being busy. So when I say to somebody, are they stressed? They're like, ma'am, like, are you busy? They're like, yeah, I'm like flat out. I'm like, okay. So you getting up, seeing the kids or go to that gym class and then you've got to go to work and you've got these deadlines for work and everything's kind of even your you know yourself and you've got all these things you need to be doing and you're constantly like darting about like my mom's the worst for it okay so I'm always getting on her for having too much to do she's constantly on the go she's running from place to place I'm like mom you this is so bad for you you need to calm down um and it is it's just been in that heightened state all the time so if you are somebody that is super busy all day you need to recognize that this isn't good for you and you have to take even just 10 minutes to yourself going for a walk at lunchtime, getting outdoors. Um, if you could go for a swim, something that's kind of going to ground you or recenter you to yourself yeah. a little bit. Even some breath work, taking like, t- doing like five breaths, like stepping out the room and doing a couple of like some breath work and there's loads of things online you can look up for breath work. And it is massively beneficial. Like it's a little bit like meditation, but it's a little bit quicker and you can just literally just recenter yourself to you. And um, So yeah, taking, taking that time out to yourself is going to be, and make a massive difference another one would probably be looking at exercise so hit actually like high intensity interval training when your heart rate is spiked that quickly and that regularly and although it's good for us like it's good for your health good for your heart it's good to get your your lungs and your heart working like that it does also stimulate that parasympathetic uh, sympathetic nervous system sorry so it is again going to increase that stress response and your cortisol is going to be increased by that so being aware of that and thinking right okay if I'm already super stressed is that going to be the right thing for me like yes exercise can be used to relieve stress but if I'm already that stress is it just going to add to it so it's it's kind of just thinking about that and thinking right should I maybe do some light movement instead for walk do some yoga stretching pilates I know everyone always hears those things when we say this and they're like oh yeah that's the same answer everyone gives but even just like I don't know dancing do you know people like some people do like you can go dancing or like just in the house like doing like a online 
there's I think there's a guy that started doing something I can't remember what he's called and it's like 90s music and it's just like just to get your steps up it's not in high intensity it's really gentle movement and just something like that that's not going to get your heart rate up that much going to make you even more stressed than you already are um another one probably main one is going to be caffeine I think you've probably um heard all this one before but caffeine does massively stimulate our stress response because it increases our cortisol and a lot of the time people are over drinking caffeine to get them through the day and I understand that some people need it because they, they do have such a busy life and they've got family and they've got busy jobs and it does it does help them and um, it can be used in those situations but when it comes to your balance and your hormones you need to consider how much you're drinking and when you're drinking it and what it's actually impacting. So it's not just a case of caffeine makes you stressed. You drink caffeine first thing in the morning when your cortisol is already high, you're then going to have a coffee, having no breakfast. Again, so we spoke about skipping meals. One, that's that's going to stimulate your stress response. You're then having a coffee, which is going to stimulate your stress response on top of already having a stress response in the morning. And then you're going to go to the gym and then you're going to increase that even more. So switching the coffee or having it with a meal having it after breakfast trying to not have it too late in the day because as soon as you have it too late in the day I think it takes about 12 hours for a cup of coffee to come out your system so if you're having a coffee at 12 o'clock in the afternoon it's not actually going to come out your system until about midnight so it will impact your sleep some people say oh I sleep no bother I have a coffee before I go to bed but your tolerance is probably so high that it is actually impacting your sleep and the quality of your sleep it's not that you're not sleeping but the quality is it impacted you're not probably getting that deep sleep sleep your REM sleep um so really really worth looking at there's actually a guy you've probably heard of him um oh god Julia the guy that had the book why we sleep oh, uh, Matthew Walker Matthew Walker yeah so if you ever want to learn a little bit more about sleep it sounds like a boring subject but oh my goodness it's fascinating mm. and the things he talks about and how much it can impact your health and what actually influences the quality of our sleep and caffeine's a big one same with alcohol again alcohol for your hormones worth if you're really looking to be serious about um balancing your hormones and sorting out any issues you've got i would avoid alcohol full stop yeah. um but yeah caffeine's one that needs to be probably more managed just in the awareness of your stress response of it can increase your anxiety symptoms so when you think about it if you're in like anxiety it's just a response to our environment so our what our mind's telling us sometimes it, it can it makes the story up and our body responds to these thoughts we're having or responds to our environment and that anxious response is is a survival response it's like oh, wait a minute there's danger here i need to i need to like survive through this and um, so i need to get ready to run my heart rate goes up my blood pressure goes up my stomach feels sick i need to empty my stomach um so caffeine will will impact that it can increase your like your anxiety symptoms because again stress response is elevated um, so not just your hormones but also that side of things as well um, is worth uh, honestly yeah I honestly see that like that ca- the characteristics of almost like the, the person you've just described it, they seem to all come in as one like everything yeah. that you've just said there like I see like so many like busy professionals or people in like high positions where they're like working every hour of the day and then they're like shit need coffee at the weekend need alcohol oh shit I better work out hit training and then it's just like an accumulation and then eventually they just break when in reality the single thing that they need to do is actually think right okay how long can I actually like sustain this lifestyle like yeah okay I'm getting paid a lot yeah okay I'm working long hours and they always Mm -hmm. think I need to work it's a case Mm -hmm. of right now try and figure out a battle plan to get yourself a few hours back 100% I think it's drilled into us that we always have to be busy 
we always have to be doing it's something I struggle with massively um, I always feel like I need to be doing something I need to be learning I need to be working and, and it's only recently that I've realized I don't actually have to be doing all these things all the time and I can just be going for a walk without my phone and with just listen to nature like I love doing that because it really grinds me and it makes me kind of actually you're like you don't have to be busy all the time but a lot of people feel like we do and we feel guilty when we're not doing anything and it's just drilled into us so it's it's about taking realizing how busy you are writing down everything you do in a day and thinking right what can I do later what can be passed to somebody else what can be done tomorrow instead of today and it really just is something simple like that it doesn't have to be you have to quit your job and you need to like abandon like people that you like like to see and your plans and it's not about that it's just about figuring out what is musts and what is just things you feel like you have to do but you don't actually 100 um i don't know if you see this on the screen right now but my zoom seems to i think that the terms and conditions have changed or something because you used to just get like if it was me and you you used to just get as much time as you wanted apparently they've changed the terms and conditions now i didn't know this and now we've got about 30 seconds left so yeah. What we'll do is we'll just add this this part of the podcast onto the next part. So we'll end and start again.